Chaldeans. Uh, we're here with David Garmo of Assembly Jiu-Jitsu. How's it going, guys? Thanks for coming out. Thank you for uh, me. This is actually our 70th episode. Um, we're happy to have you here. Why don't you tell us a little about about yourself and Assembly? Uh, so I'm David Garmo. Uh, Assembly Jiu-Jitsu is a uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu academy that I opened up uh, March 25th of 2019 mm -hmm. uh, with my partner Vladimir. Um, so sounds intimidating, Vladimir. It does, yeah. He, he's uh, <laughs> everybody thinks uh, he com he comes around the family sometimes. Everybody thinks he's like a Russian spy or like a bodyguard <laughs> or something. Uh, but he's uh, actually he's a half Serbian, half uh, Palestinian, born in Yugoslavia. Oh, wow. You know, emigrated here 20 years ago or something okay. like that. Uh, great guy. He's a, a developer, so he develops buildings, stuff like that. So, okay. uh, a couple of uh, a couple of years ago, I was uh, living in Japan and. Uh, I was deciding what I wanted to do with my life, and I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm not really sure how I can make money while living in a different country without knowing the language perfectly, and like, how am I going to start a business out here? It's going to be very difficult. Um, so I started building a business plan on opening up a gym. Without just glazing over all of that, yeah. what the heck were you doing in Japan? How did you uh, end up there? So, uh, 2000... What did you eat there? Everything. Mm -hmm. Everything. Oh, food is my, like, yeah. like, number one thing in the world. But, uh, I, so I ate everything. We could talk about that later, but, um... I was, I think it was 2016, yeah, December of 2016, I went for two weeks on vacation, mm -hmm. and uh, just by myself, and uh, I decided that right then and there, I'm like, this is the the greatest place in the world for me, wow. and I'm like, I'm going back. I came back home, that was the December of 2016, I came back home, uh, before Christmas, I bought my plane ticket to go back uh, in March of 2017, and then I stayed for three months, came back home for a little bit, went back for another three months, Came back home for a little bit, went back for another three months, came back home, and just so on. So kept doing that until, um, basically, we opened the gym. Wow. So how, so how's your? Do you speak Japanese now? No. So I mean, very little. I could say some things. Uh -huh. I can't have a conversation with anybody, but I can get around. I can order food. I can do certain things. I can I can get what people are saying. And there's like a, a thing called. Uh, Japanglish, right? Jip like English. Yeah. Know, so I can use that really well. Okay. Um, good. You know, so I can get my point across. Good. Cool. So, so when you were there, those three months at a time and stuff, mm -hmm. you're you're you started building up more love for for doing the jujitsu and or was it that you were doing other things besides that at that time? Like, how'd you occupy your time? Because it couldn't have been like day in day out. That's what you were doing. Right. Yeah. So uh, Japan had nothing to do with jujitsu for me. Okay. Originally, it was just I I liked the place and I you know I'd already been doing jujitsu for you know a long time sure. before going there. So. Um, at that point, it was just like I needed a new life experience, and uh, mm -hmm. that was a place I'd always wanted to go, but I'd always been kind of nervous. I'm like, you know, what if I, you know, I had all these ex expectations that sure. this place is going to be whatever I thought in my head it was going to be. Sure. And I was always nervous to go because I'm like, what if it sucks? What if I hate it? Then what? What am I going to, what am I going to fantasize about, you know, yeah, as far as course. traveling is concerned? So right. I went, and then it, it totally blew me away nice. in every way. So then that's why I went back. But when I first went there, the first three months, it was... Uh, you know, at the time I had a, a company where we just did online retail. It was in the jiu-jitsu space. I sold uniforms, uh, gis and, and, and different like rash guard shorts and these different things. And so I could do it from anywhere. Um, I had uh, a warehouse here where I'd have an employee working, shipping all this stuff. And mm -hmm. then I would just work from my computer. And so most of my days consisted of going to cafes, walking to the park, you know, riding the trains and just doing these yeah. different things and just experiencing the culture and, you know, really investing myself over there. And then I found a gym to train because I, I could not do jiu-jitsu for, for three months at a time. So mm -hmm. I found a place, 
fell in love with the the gym, the people. Like you know, had really good friends over there. What's the difference between the? I know it's the same. It's probably all uh, based off of the Gracie, right? Or well, so like you know, the Gracies <clears throat> like they had a, like a lineage, and then people kind of they took that and they mm -hmm. they changed it up. Everybody yeah. changes it up in their own way. Over there, what they did really, really, really well, which I've attempted to bring back here, is mm -hmm. they were able to make luxury spaces for jiu-jitsu. You don't really see that. Mm -hmm. it's, not a, it's not a thing that most gyms that you'll go anywhere across the States, or really any, anywhere across the world, is a warehouse, four walls, crappy logo on the Mat wall, mats. mats on the floor, and then like... Yeah, you hope you just hope there's a shower. Mm -hmm. Like you just you're hoping, and there's sure. a shot in the dark. Yeah. Over there, um, as you can imagine, being in Tokyo, everything is smaller. Like right. space is smaller. Everything costs way sure. more money. But you know, they've figured out a way to make things r like really efficient. Mm -hmm. You know, every, the space is smaller. You can't you can't get uh you know five thousand square feet in Tokyo without paying fifty thousand dollars <coughs> a month, if if not more. So, you know, they, f they figured out how to do this, and then they designed really well. And everything was just nice. And at least the places that I was training at, mm -hmm. which were, you know, these uh, upper echelon gyms. Yep. And, uh, you know, I really liked what they did there. Techniques and stuff, those are all the same. They're teaching in Japanese, some, some in English, you know, so that's, right, the, right. that's really the only difference. Sure. And uh, the people. So, like, uh, you told me that you were doing some jiu-jitsu, right? Mm -hmm. you're, you're, uh, I forget how old you said I ain't how old yeah, am I? Yeah. 53. 53. So there's a lot of older Japanese guys. But the older Japanese guys are really small. Mm -hmm. And they can do things that older people, like, in the States just can't, can't do right. physically. And I think it's their lifestyle. It's just the yeah, way they yeah. eat and the sure. way they're built and stuff like that. So that that's really the only difference as far as the jiu-jitsu is concerned. Techniques are very similar, like... A technique taught in San Diego is going to be the same sure. technique taught in Japan. Maybe a little variation, but that's just a variation of the, the practitioner himself. Right. Not necessarily like what they're teaching. So how old were you when you first jumped on the flight and took off? Uh, I, I would have been uh, 26 going on 27. And how were your parents for that? Were they warming to the situation, like that you're leaving for that long? You know, uh, I've been doing stuff like this for a long time. Sure. Uh, <laughs> you know, I... My poor mom. She's she's had to deal with me like through uh, a lot of different things. Who's your things. mom? Let's shout her out. Uh, Sahira Garma. Sahira Garma. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she so she, you know, actually she's the one that got me into martial arts. She was a huge fan of Jean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> yeah. Beating your ass. Yeah. Well, that too. <laughs> they had their own style. It was called Kefkia. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So the Nada. He had the Nada style. He had the Kefkia style. Oh uh, yeah. She used to. She used to do all of that. All, all of those. All, oh, all, you, all know, of you, you talk about those uh, older men that were in Japan that can move. Yeah. yeah. My man. My mom. My mom had some speed when she oh, needed yeah. to catch me to whoop my butt. Yeah, but the accuracy was what was scary. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. The accuracy yeah, yeah, yeah. Right in the back of the spine. Yeah. Just like. Bam! Even if you got around the corner, corner in the kitchen, it cut. It's <laughs> the pop. Yeah. Yeah. So, so she yeah. was warming to you. She got you more motivated yeah. into getting into the martial arts. Yeah. Well, she actually put me in martial arts when I was five. Oh, okay. What so, style? Uh, so it was it was actually Brazilian Jiu Jitsu okay. and American Karate and Thai, and Thai boxing. But this was like a kids Karate place. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, this yeah. was not like a professional gym, yeah. right? Like where I'm going to learn like the skills that I would need as an adult. Sure. Mm -hmm. This is a place where you know it's like. It's babysitting, but it was good. It was it was great for me. I loved sure. my mm -hmm. time over there. I trained for like on and off six or seven years, uh, and then I got into middle school. So I, I started playing football, and then high school I wrestled. Where did you grow up? Yeah. 
I grew up in West Bloomfield, uh, mm-hmm. Timbers Edge. I'm sure you you all know somebody. Yeah. yeah. That, what school did you uh, What school did you end up? So I went to for high school. I went to Brother Rice. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So my brother went to Brother Rice for a year, but then he went to uh, Waldeck Western. That's where I, I would have gone had I not gone to okay. uh, sure to private school. Um, but uh, in high school, who'd you graduate school? with? Which which other Caldos? Uh, with uh, John Gasso. Oh, uh, you my brother then, Andrew. Huh, Andrew and Benio. Beans, they call him. Andrew Ben. Well, he wasn't my age, was he? He's John Gasso's, one of John Gasso's best friends. Oh, but he may not be in the same age. No, a couple oh, years. Or a couple years yeah. different. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. So I, you know, growing up in high school, I didn't really have that many Chaldean friends. I mm-hmm. stuck with like the, you know, the people that I was wrestling with and my cousins. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, for the most part. Um, so you wrestled at, at Rice. I wrestled at Brother Rice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't very good. Yeah. To, to be clear. Um, yeah, I got quite a bit better at grappling uh, as an adult, not uh, okay. not necessarily in high school right. and stuff like that, but. Uh, yeah, so it, so my mom, to the point, my mom kind of, she knew I was not taking the path that uh, she would have maybe wanted for me originally, but yeah. it was over the long, the long haul. It wasn't like one day, you know, I'm in college and then all of a sudden I'm like, hey, I got, I'm dropping out, I'm going to, I'm going to, right. to Japan. So she had some forewarning. So you were, cool. so you took off, you got jumped on the plane and mm-hmm. went there. Do you consider that a little bit part of? More, was it any soul searching or medi- meditation while you were there? Were you were you looking, you know, because because it's not common. It's one thing to fly to California right. and see family, friends, cousins over there, but you were halfway around the world. Yeah, I, so I'd already been to Asia at that point. I, I'd gone to Singapore, Malaysia, uh, Indonesia. I'd already mm-hmm. traveled through Asia, and I've always been a big fan of Asian culture, especially Japanese culture, but uh, but a lot of different Asian cultures. And I, I I've I've always wanted to see everything. Mm-hmm. Like I want to I want to be as complete a human being as I can, and I feel like you you can't necessarily be that complete human being, or at least my version of that sure. complete human being, without getting out somewhere mm-hmm. weird. Mm-hmm. You know, I've traveled I've traveled uh, to a lot of different countries, um, done a lot of different things in these different countries, and it's made me who I am now because I've I've experienced some really amazing things, some horrible experiences, sure. and, you know, and, and a bunch of different places where it's like. You got to do it by yourself sometimes. Like, yeah. you have no choice, you know? Like, what's yeah. a horrible experience? Oh, well, a horrible experience in the sense that um, it was just not fun as I was doing it. But I went to I got you. Iceland. I was there in Iceland for a couple of weeks uh, doing a through hike. Uh, so, like, we were hiking for five days at a time. And it was, uh, you know. It's just not comfortable. It's just not comfortable. Cold I mean, and it's cold. Brutal. And you sleep, yeah, you're sleeping, you're sleeping in a tent on the floor. There's no fire. Yeah. Uh, like, it's, it's not. No free, fire. No fire because they don't have any wood. There's no, they don't have, they have very little forests in, in Iceland, right? yeah, yeah. So it's, it's mostly moss, rock, uh-huh. you know, uh, yeah. volcanic soil, stuff like that. So it was just, you know, if you can imagine, I, you know, I don't know about you two, but when I grew up, my dad didn't know how to do anything. There was no camping. There was no like here. I'm gonna. Teach oh, you're you how saying to do you're this. saying like outdoorsman. Outdoorsy stuff, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, my, yeah, dad yeah, yeah, was, yeah. my dad was at the store all day. My yeah. mom was the. MacGyver of the world. Okay. Like she knew everything, yeah. did everything, yep. showed me everything, knew how to do everything. She was just she was on top of it all. Like yeah. she, like she, like my dad would buy her tools for yeah. Uh, oh really? The, the Christmas and shit like that. Yeah. The, <laughs> the way that it worked in my house, if something needed to get fixed, my dad would call his nephew who was, who was much older. <laughs> yeah. And then we'd wait two weeks for him to show up, and, yeah. then, and then he'd fix it. You know. Yeah. Shout out to shout out to uh, Ziad. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Good looking <laughs> out, Ziad. Yeah. But like, um, you know, for the most part, 
I had I didn't go camping for the first time until I was like 21. Wow. You know, so I I never even I never slept outside. Wow. You know, we had sleeping bags. Right. We had a tent. Right. right. But it was for inside the house. <laughs> yeah, and then, so, you yeah. know, the basement. Uh, exactly. Exactly. So Caldo stuff. Well, I was gonna say the 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 only Caldeans that can relate to what you're saying that I would know besides mm-hmm. the ones that did some outdoor stuff. Yeah. Were the ones that went to Camp Dearborn. Camp Dearborn, yeah. They would go stay there for a week to two weeks in those in those tents. Yeah, yeah. We did camp out. My mom mom was. We we did it too. One of the first ones there. Yep, you'd be there. So you seventies, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So yeah. So like for me, like when I before I went there, I'm like, okay, I have to prepare. I'm gonna go. uh, I have a a good friend of mine. He's a he's an Italian guy, but he's a he's basically a redneck. He's a hillbilly, Mm -hmm. and he took me to the Smoky Mountain National Park in Tennessee. Okay. And he's like, we're gonna hike. Of course, and I've been doing, I've been grappling in, in sports my yeah. my whole life, so my knees are kind of shot. Yeah, I can't bad. walk very long. Yeah, so uh, we're we're doing this practice hike, well, going a couple of miles, and my knee just swells up to this, mm. and I'm just, and I'm thinking so, myself, how am I going to do this? Yeah. You know, in ice, I'm going to be, I'm going to be yeah. wa- basically walking for two weeks. Yeah. yeah, and there's no, there's there's no cars. Like this is like you're talking about. This is a path. Your end. So who set this? Vacation up for you. So vacation up. For you. Yeah. So I was actually uh, I, I I was I was dating a girl, uh, not a Chaldean girl, and she wanted to go, uh-huh. and uh, her friend uh, was an experienced hiker, uh-huh. and so we went together. So yeah, the yeah. three of us, and uh, so you the know. toughest guy in the place was the biggest burden. <laughs> pretty, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> toughest guy on the trip was the biggest burden. broke down before yeah, they even yeah, took I the know, first step. Well, she, she'd she'd hiked in uh, like Nepal. Yeah. You know, and and so like you know, and where Everest is and stuff. Not Everest itself, but like in that area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's like I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I, if she can do it, I can do it. She's this tall. Sure. Like, I, I could. It was a, it was one of those things that is very, very fun to talk about after, but is absolutely exactly. miserable to do. Exactly. Uh, you know, so great experience. I would never. I don't. Rec- I well, don't sure. regret it. What does it teach you though to do these experiences? Was it like more like? Do you think it humbles you when you get to these situations, or do you feel like it's a sense of accomplishment? Like, look, I just. I just did this, mm. you know. Like, what does it do for a person? It's uh, probably probably both. Pro- probably a lot of di- things for different people. For me, it, it it showed me that like, I can set aside the, my uh, my comfort mm-hmm. for a little while. You know, I don't have to be, you know, comfortable all the time. I don't mm-hmm. I don't always have to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time. It feels really good when you come back to civilization. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. So like you yeah. can you can have then an appreciation for the things that we take for granted every single mm-hmm. day. Um, you know, uh, one of these hikes while I was over there, like uh, somebody almost died. Right. While we watched them, mm-hmm. like they it, there really? was a, a big there was a uh, the, one of the biggest rainfalls of the year of like the last three years at that time, uh, and it washed out one of the walkover bridges, mm. and a guy got washed out. Almost into while on the bridge. No, no, no. He so the bridge was washed out. Right. He tried to ford the river. He tried to walk through it. Uh huh. His uh-huh. buddy got across and yeah. he didn't. And then he went limp and then was washed out into the Atlantic and then pushed back in and knocked onto land and you know almost out of a, what would have been hypothermia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was I mean he was in a really bad way and they couldn't get to him. We were on we were in the most remote part of Iceland there right, was right, right. there was no boat there, there was a boat but it was like few kilometers away somebody had to go get it it was one of those like you know dinghies you yeah, know yeah. nothing crazy but how do you communicate in an emergency like they just so happened to be right in front of the outpost to get he was literally a 30 second walk if the weather was fine from being safe literally that close <laughs> right. and we were watching him through the window i was having breakfast because we had already made that oh wow i was having breakfast and i was watching this one guy ford the river he made it and his friend didn't 
And then we all freaked out. Yeah. Now, so all this travel, now you own a, a business where you have to be at. Yes. Is, has it has it affected the travel? Is it? Oh, yes. Uh, it has, but I still have found time to do a little bit of traveling. Um, okay. But not to the point where I could just be, oh, I'm gone for three months. Right, right. Um, this is so like when I decided, so I was building this business plan and I knew to my, I, t- I told myself, I said, I'm at a point in my life where I've done, a, you know, a little bit of the traveling that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Not all of it, yep. but a little bit of it. But now, to further my future, mm-hmm. I have to make a living. I have to figure out how sure. to Because I want a family. I want to, yeah, yeah. you know, all this stuff. So, I knew that I was building a jail cell for myself. Yeah. You know, as, as we all do. Sure, you know, sure. At some point in our life. And, but this would, if I was going to pick any jail cell, it was going to be this one. Yeah, one you that know? you enjoyed being. One that I enjoyed being. So and you, you talked about luxury as well in, yeah. in Japan, and then it sounded like sounded like you took that and, and applied it to assembly. Yes. Okay, yes, so why exactly. don't you talk about that a little bit? So uh, we built one of the finest facilities in the country, if not the world. You know, oh, wow. there's There are only a few uh, high-end facilities out there for mm-hmm. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I'm not, I'm not talking about normal gyms. There's, you know, of course, you have like the Equinoxes. Equinox, and, right. You know, you have these other places that I'm, I don't even know about. Yep. But when it comes to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, <laughs> there are only maybe 15 okay. that, are, that are have... The best equipment and, and so tell nice. us about it. Like, so how so, big is the place? Uh, we're about fifty-two hundred square feet, or fifty-five hundred square feet, that's, I should that's say. Big. Yeah. yeah. So uh, when you walk into our facility, uh, if you've ever been to any other gym, you're going to be a little confused because it, it, it's a it's basically a cafe. Mm-hmm. You know, we walk in, we have a coffee bar, we have a lounge area with couches and TV. And, really? Yeah, exactly. So I, what I wanted to do is I wanted to build two separate areas: one for comfort and one for just put your head down and go train. Mm-hmm. And, and they're separate. So, like, when you walk in, you walk through this, this nice area. It's comfortable. You can have a seat. You can chill out before and after class. You can have coffee or tea and, you know, and, and just have that experience. But then when you walk through the glass door, you get your locker rooms. You get your showers. You get your, your bathroom. But then you get this big, wide-open mat area mm-hmm. with all of the best weight equipment. You know what I mean? Uh, as far as, not machines, but, like, functional weight equipment, kettlebells, pull-up bars, uh, squat racks. These are all from Rogue Fitness, you know, which is, uh, mm-hmm. if you, uh, you know, work out, it's like the, you know, they make the so best So you're not out. just, you're physically training and you're technically training. You're, yes. So you're six, oh, wow. Yeah. So we have, uh, we have like, a kettlebell class once a week, actually, uh, Dom Kuza. Who you guys had on the show? Yeah, yeah. He he teaches it. You Team Kuza. Team Kuza. Yeah, Team. exactly. Shout out to the, to Dom. But he teaches our our kettlebell class. So we're trying to add more and more fitness to the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu that we offer. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> I'm doing this pretty slowly because I have really, really, really high standards when it comes to people who instruct. Right. Um, I've I've had some really great instructors in my life, and I've had some really bad ones. Sure. Uh, just like teachers in school and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And for me, it's like there's nothing worse than a bad teacher. Right. How, how do you identify that while you're on that? How do you identify what is the good and what is the bad, right? So it, when it comes to my... So, so consumer what, what, knows, you know? Yeah, the, yeah. so when it comes to what I do, yep. um, it's pretty easy for me because I've been around it for so long. If a person can't hold the attention of the, the students, mm-hmm. that's no good. Right. If the teacher doesn't know technically what they're doing very sure. well, if they gloss over things that are important... These are these are like you know indicators that mm-hmm. maybe they're not the best person for the job. Right. 
So currently, uh, my instructors are myself. I teach 99% uh, of the classes. But once a week, I have another instructor named uh, Josh Johnson. Now, he is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt as well, mm -hmm. just like myself. But he's also uh, has got 10 years of teaching experience at uh, high schools. Mm -hmm. So I think he taught for six, five or six years at Wismofield High School. So he's not just... As a teacher as a teacher academic yeah. teacher. academic teacher okay, okay so he's a brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt who's got tons of experience mm -hmm. in the sport yeah. but also he's a teacher like he went to school to learn mm -hmm. how to teach people yeah right you know and he also teaches our kids classes so like you know and what, what ages do you work with we work from five to twelve five to uh, twelve are so they considered the kids kids yeah we actually have a 12 year old that is in our adult class but mm -hmm. it's because he's a taller kid yep. he can he can work with adults um, it just depends on the age. So five yeah. to eleven is really like what kids' class yep. is consists of, and then anything above that, we have to just see how big they are. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'd be vice versa. I'd be the big kid with the little kids. We can <laughs> come in, in entry level. You know hey, we you started. Hey. So uh, you know, we we do everything entry level because we're brand sure. new. We 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 opened up March twenty fifth of two thousand nineteen, so not mm -hmm. even a year ago. So what I'm what I'm doing with my curriculum is all basic fundamental stuff. You know, so like all of our students, when we have guys who are more experienced that come from different schools and, and all that stuff but everybody I have to break everybody back down and then build them back up again because some people just didn't do a great job of teaching them the fundamentals right yeah so yeah so to, to that point like standards are very very important to me because um, because I've dealt with the good and the bad and the good when it's good it's so amazing and it's transformative and it, it, it makes you enjoy the sport first sure. off way right. more and also you get something out of it when you when you get a bad instructor, it puts a bad taste in everybody's mouth. Sure. You know, right. I don't want to see it. I don't want I don't want my students to see it. I don't you know, I don't want anybody to feel that thing. Now everybody's got a bad class. Sometimes, you know, I, I, I teach bad classes, sometimes maybe I'm just my head's not in it. And that's gonna happen. But if but if if you're good, then that happens way less. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I mean so what do you like what do you recommend someone just starting out or, or someone that, that is going to take it seriously mm -hmm. and, and how many days a week should they attend class and then how many classes do you offer a week and all that good stuff. Okay, so uh, it depends on the person. So if you're a 21, 22 year old kid who is looking to get into another sport and be a competitor and all this stuff, train five days a week. Yeah, but oh, let's talk. If you're, if you're, yeah. if it, if it, let, let's say one of you guys, two days a week. Two days a week. Two days a week. If you can come. So the exercise and the technique. And yeah, exactly. Two days a week is if you're consistent, right? Mm -hmm. If you if you do this over a long sure. period of time, mm -hmm. you will improve. You will you will improve your technique. You'll know what you're doing. You will get in much better shape than you are as long as you're not being a total, you know, glutton and drinking all the time, right, and right, eating right. all the time. You will get in much better shape. And you'll see progress. Mm -hmm. um, we have guys who come in, you know. Um, in their 30s or 40s, they're you know professionals. They they have they have some you know they, they have some jobs. They have you know like uh, family kids. They come in. They're all gung ho and they want to go five days a week, six days a week. Burnout. I tell them, listen, <laughs> just just come in two days. Come in three if you're really comfortable. Yeah. Because I don't want to see. I want to see you a year from now. I want to mm -hmm. see you two years from now. I don't want right. to see you. I don't, I don't want to see you leave after five months. Right. Because you've just you've broken your body. Yeah. You know. So I, I like people to take this the slow and steady route. It's more, most important thing to me. And are you teaching? With gi or without gi? Both. 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 We do half and half. It's what is gi? I'm, I'm not. So the gi is, a, uh, or another word for it is a kimono. It's the uniform that you see. Got you. Right? So like the a gi. Yeah. Yes. So the karate, like in karate, they're yep. they're made of different materials, but yes. they all look very similar. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. 
Yep. Yep. I know yeah. what you're talking about now. Yeah. <clears throat> and how often are you, or actually, how many days a week are you um, offering Six days. classes? Six days Six a week. Six days a week, yeah. Monday through Saturday. Sunday is the only day that we do not offer classes to the public, but we actually have uh, a training session for the professionals that are in the area. Mm -hmm. So I bring them all together, and that's the day where, you know, I get to train, and I don't have to worry about teaching anybody else. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. when you're working with these professionals, because I was going to get to that, are you building some of these, um, some of these students to athletes that are now competing? Is that what they're coming to see you for, some of them? or Some of them, yes. They yeah. do? Yep. And, and where do they compete around here locally? Like, what kind of competition do they enter in? So there are, there are a bunch of different local competitions. There are some, like, national brands that come in, you know, once or twice a year. Mm -hmm. And then we have some local local uh, gyms that host events. I actually host my own event. Uh, one of them is coming up February 29th. It's called the Modern Flow event. Uh, I host that. So, like, it's going to be... What's Modern Flow? Modern Flow is, uh, is the brand, the online retail brand I was mentioning to you before. Okay. That okay. was Modern Flow. Okay. I, I leveraged it into uh, a tournament as well. Okay. Uh, so we do a couple tournaments a year. Awesome. We do some professional shows. Um, nice. But, uh, yeah, so like there, there are local events. And then there's actually a, a, a large uh, international brand that is coming to Michigan at the end of April. And that just legitimizes this area even more because it's going to be really great, really professionally run events. So it'll be fun, you know. Like, but there's always something for, for somebody. If you even, like... I tell people, if you want to compete, if you have any interest, let's just do it because it doesn't matter if you win or you lose because nobody cares. Right, yeah. right. Nobody cares. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and the big thing, like you're saying, stuff is coming here into town, and that um, the, the cage fights and all that has has really taken off, and people have really, really absorbed it here in uh, in Michigan. Yeah. I see a lot of guys that are fans of it, that are especially on social media. You see them mm -hmm. watching all these guys. Oh, yeah. So let's just, just for a second, because he was famous, but... People were down talking McGregor recently because mm -hmm. they said he pretty much beat a nobody recently. What do you feel about that? Oh, uh, so the, if you're talking about the most recent fight where yeah. he fought Donald yep. Cerrone, yep. Uh, I mean Donald Cerrone is absolutely not a nobody. He is he's got the most wins in UFC history. Uh, he is one of the best fighters in the world. Uh, he he has never made it, he's never won a championship, mm -hmm. but he is like I mean he is super skillful, very it's very good, and. What Connor did to him was, I mean, it was it was nothing short of poetic. I mean, it was beautiful how, how he was able to, I mean, he did some things that I didn't even know were possible uh, in that fight. So uh, without downplaying what, yeah, how good Donald Cerrone is, I mean, Connor just was, he was the Connor McGregor that we all expected him, you know, that we all have seen him be in the past. Okay. You know. For me, I, I, I saw the the 40 seconds of the fight, I, mm -hmm. not, not at the time, but after mm -hmm. the fact. Sure. And I, and... To me, it just it didn't seem like Cowboy was even fighting him. Like Cowboy's a more of a grappler, right? He he had many shots at his legs that he didn't take. He had McGregor when McGregor was throwing those shoulders. His it, Cowboy's hand was on top of his left hand. He could have just smacked him with a with a right pretty easily. So I mean, even in just instinctively, like he had to force himself not to do it, I, I, in my opinion. So this is one thing that I'll say. At the very beginning of the fight, there was an exchange where uh, Conor McGregor threw a Superman punch. Okay, mm -hmm. Basically where he's th he threw uh, maybe it was a right or a left hand, but also his legs came up in the air as well. right? Yeah. At that point, Donald Cerrone lowered his level, and the top of Conor McGregor's thigh hit uh, Donald Cerrone in the head. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not going to knock somebody out. Right. The top of the, but... That is going to shake his brain yeah. Yeah, yeah. against yep. his skull. And we're talking, the whole fight was 40 seconds, right? The yeah. entire fight was 40 yeah. seconds. That happened at, at, what, second three or four. Right. I, and yeah, then, I didn't notice that. 
Yeah, if so you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't have noticed it unless you watched the replay in slow motion. They, and, and they showed, you know, he's lowering his level, the top of the thigh hit him in the head, and his brain is so doing this. So he met him almost a head-on yeah. collision. Then they came up in this over-under position yeah. where they were, you know, where they were locked up, and then that's when those shoulders so came. shaking up at the time. I That's what I that, that's what it looked okay. like to me. Makes and sense. It, you know, I've been yeah, I mean, thrown. you got a better eye than I do. I'm just, yeah. for me, I, that's just sure. what I saw. Yeah, so, like, there, you know, the, the, there was, like, the Stephen A. Smith saying that he quit and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, that, that's, that, that, that's that's total not. Uh, of all people, that guy, uh, uh, Donald Cerrone, is the last guy that is going to quit her right, match. Right. So you know, I think it was just it was just a beautiful win for Connor. He okay. showed all he showed so many things in that fight that were amazing, and just a, it just was a bad night for yeah. for, Con, for uh, Donald. Leading up to the fight, I saw a, a Joe Rogan episode where they were talking about the fight before it happened, mm-hmm. and someone just said the way. McGregor was training was just he was going to devour the guy, mm-hmm. like, yeah. And just because yeah. of the way he was training, mm-hmm. he looked like that, his old, that he was going to come like he looked like his old self. Yeah, 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 yeah. Apparently, he had uh, more focus than he's had in years. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, uh, he kind of got his shit together. I mean, he he was loose cannon for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. he was. Yeah, he was loose cannon. Yeah. What do you Don't think about that? Your head, yeah. Right, right. No. I'm so, right. what are some of your uh, some some of your uh, accomplishments in the in the so, jiu-jitsu world? So I'm, uh, I've been doing jiu-jitsu for a long time. I've been competing for a long time at, at a high level. Um, some of some of my favorite uh, accomplishments are uh, there's a, a professional event called Quintet. It's a five-on-five event, mm-hmm. and uh, I was. Uh, what does five-on-five mean? Five, so like it's it's not five-on-five at the same time. Oh, okay, okay. But it's like I one just guy that in my head guy. right now, like Royal, Royal Rumble WWE. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it on YouTube where they just. You know, there's like a group yeah. of guys and they run at each other. It's not in the United States. Honestly. No, it's in Russia, actually. But they yeah, just yeah, yeah. go fucking mm-hmm. crazy on each other. Jiu-Jitsu? Yeah. No, no, it's, just, it's 30 guys against 30 guys. Oh, just One's just wearing one. black or red and one was wearing yellow. Yeah. Oh, but street fighting almost. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah, it's it's a very weird, that's a very weird sport. It's, I don't, it's <laughs> I don't a know sport? what that is. Yeah, they beat each other up. They, then then they, oh, yeah, they yeah. knock each other out. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then after the end, or they run, and then at the end they just pick each other up and... Gloves and no gloves. No, 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 no. Are you shitting me? I've seen, I've seen it with gloves too. I think, I think what I've seen was like eight on eight. What? I've seen a very similar thing, but like it was in Russia. It's terrible. I mean, it's the worst. I've never seen anything that is. No, that's that's the one you see eight on eight is in a, it's in a ring. It's in some type of street. Oh, in the street. Okay, that's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Go check it out. Go to YouTube and check it out. But so go ahead. So some of my, some of my. best memories uh, this quintet uh, I was the first two time winner of this quintet event um, and m- myself being on a team that won twice mm-hmm. uh, the, the team was the same as far as the team that I was competing under it was the Carpe Diem team that was actually the school that I was teaching at in, in Japan but um, the, the members were different with exception of myself yeah uh, so that was those were really cool uh, you know those are professional shows uh, I've been I've been on a few professional shows uh, mm-hmm. that I, I've done uh, Mixed results, you know what I mean. But I've, you know, I've, I've done a lot of events. Um, if I named them, they would really wouldn't make sense to you. But right, right. a lot of international events that I've won. Okay. Um, I, I compete in the uh, what they call the open weight divisions a lot, uh, which is no weight open class. Open weight. Open weight. Yeah. Wow. So I've competed against guys That's that are fucking crazy. Two hundred fifty to two hundred seventy pounds. That's ballsy. Pounds. It's it's actually better for me because I do better in those divisions than I do even in my own weight class. Really. So and what's my weight style. class? Uh, it would be considered middleweight, so anywhere okay. between 175, 180 pounds. Sure. Yeah. So uh, those are always fun for me. So those are those are the ones that like are are considered to be the most difficult divisions to win, mm-hmm. and I've had a lot of success in those divisions. Nice. Yeah. 
Yeah. Good for you. Who's some of the people you looked up to going through this uh, this course of learning this jujitsu? And now today, who is some of the people that that you may either turn to or mentor you? So I've had, uh, you know, if we're talking about people that I never have met, just like that both. love their style. Yeah, yeah sure. both. Uh, there, there are guys like a, a guy named Marcelo Garcia, who's one of the greatest of all time. Um, you know, uh, you know, guys like Ryan Hall and, and a bunch of different, a bunch of different grapplers that you know maybe wouldn't be recognized by anybody that is not in the sport. Uh, but also, like I've had a lot of great people around me. Um, that that I've trained with, that have taught me, whether it was jiu-jitsu or just life mm-hmm. with jiu-jitsu. Sure. Uh, you know, guys like Danny Edgeman, who's a guy who gave me my black belt. Uh, I've learned a lot from him. Uh, not, not just, like, on the mats, but literally, like, the life surrounding mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu, which is, you know, if anything, that's more important. Because you can learn techniques from anywhere, from people that sure. you don't like or you don't respect. Yeah. But, like, to, to learn those lessons from, from good friends around me, you know, my partner is a guy that, um, you know, as far as jiu-jitsu skill is concerned, like he's he's been training much less than me, but as far as life skill, and these these are the things that I look for. Gotcha. You know? How's your um? How's your not to say patience, but how have you ever had that situation come about where you've had to use this in a street fight? I mean, have you ever been intimidated where you said, you know what, I got to use it, or do you defuse it? Like, what what do you do? Because obviously your hands are lethal. Uh, so like I, I very rarely get into altercations anymore. It's like it, it's and not even because people know that I could probably handle them, but just like I do this every day. Like yeah. I I I'm on the mats putting this aggression or whatever what have you out every day. Mm-hmm. Now prior to jujitsu, we used to fight all the time. I mean I'm sure, sure. you guys you know yeah. did, did your fair share, but maybe not. not I mean okay, well you know nine eighteen never did. <laughs> <laughs> he just would ride mopeds and do other things. Right. So <laughs> you know. Uh, I grew I grew up in the neighborhood where literally you get a knock on your door and then one of your friends comes outside and then you, there's a few of them and then we go keep knocking on people's doors until we have a big group of guys and then we just pick fights yeah. like let's with each other with each other like totally like not uh, malicious or anything like that we just we fight each other all the time mm-hmm. so martial arts is always a great outlet for that mm-hmm. once you're doing it in the gym you don't have to do it outside yeah so uh, no very rarely do I get into fights I mean I, there was I did get into a fight early on I just started jiu-jitsu and like and I did use it then but that was 10 years ago 11 years ago how long did that fight last uh, <laughs> I mean, not very long not very, not very long you know uh, quick okay. left quick uh, left tap hold you know, him put him down yeah and, you know and, and, I, and I would already wrestle at the time so I just I just you know yeah. I double leg take down the guy basically like a football tackle you know so you know, not, nothing too, nothing too outrageous. Do you guys work with um, groups of like schools, kids? Do you deal with any handicap that come through there? You know, any anything yes. outside of the norm? You know? Yes, 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 we do. So like, we actually we work with we work with uh, uh, Bluefield Hills High School a lot. We have a lot of uh, students from that school come to train yeah. with us. Uh, many of them are wrestlers, so we're working with a lot of different wrestlers just to increase their skill sure. on the mats when, for the wrestling season. Now. Uh, like I said, we're we're a fairly new school, mm-hmm. uh, but I've worked with people who've had handicaps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cerebral palsy, uh, miss, you know, missing limbs, like like yourself. Yeah. Yep. You know, in different ways, right? Like mm-hmm. grappling is a great art because you can do so many things, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, you can't throw you can't throw a punch with your well, left side. Right. Yep. it's just that you can't do it. But but in jitsu, you can lock people up with your legs, in addition to your right arm. To keep right. Him. Yeah. And and so like um, in the gi especially, there's a lot of things that you could do to choke people with just one arm, where there are techniques where you use both, of course. But like um, there are so many workarounds. There's so many variations. Sure. So we're talking like tens of thousands of variations of techniques. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You, you'll never learn them all. 
Yeah. You know, you might see a large percentage of them see them over the course of ten years, but yeah. like you're never gonna be able to learn how to do them all. But you know, you you work with what your body can do. Now, like I've you know, not that this is a handicap, but I've had uh, some I've had some uh, bad knee problems in the past where I couldn't use my right leg in certain mm-hmm. ways. So I've ad- you just adapt. Yeah, you mm-hmm. because you can't do it. You know, like okay, well now I got to figure out a new way. You know. And so uh, we're always looking for for new people to come in, and like we have people who have anxiety issues yes. that come to the gym, like extreme anxiety. Mm-hmm. Now you have to, you, you, I'm sure you can imagine, and you've already dealt with this a little bit. It's like when somebody's putting their hands on you in a mm-hmm. violent way, yeah. right? Even in a controlled environment, like mm-hmm. sometimes you don't trust that it's controlled. Yeah, and it's not sometimes. And, and sometimes because, it's not because if you're rolling yeah, with you someone that doesn't understand what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, they're pulling and pushing and twisting yeah. and, and, you know, applying their weight on top of yes. you in, in a vulnerable position. And it, and it causes, you know, stress on the limbs. and the 100%. And, and, and so that part of my job as the instructor is to make sure that I know every one of my students. Yeah. Right? Like, I have to know who the spaz in yeah, my yeah. class is. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have to know who the guy who's just like a gentle... Giant. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to know. I have to know all these dynamics in the, in the class. And you match just two spazzes up together, and like kill each other. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Right. Or you put the spaz with the guy who has more experience and can handle that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Of but you never want to put the spaz with the guy who's got anxiety. Yeah. That's that's a that's a disaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a disaster. Can you imagine that? You know, I've seen it. You know, and so like, you have to know your students. You have oh, to yeah, know what sure. their their physical deficiencies sure. as well. Definitely, Somebody's definitely. got a, a messed up shoulder, shoulder right. bad knee, whatever. Sure. All these things. So. I'm always looking to add to the dynamic of the school. Okay. It's such a wide range of people. We have mm-hmm. 13-year-old kids. Mm-hmm. We have 13-year-old kids who are into anime, and we have 56-year-old, uh, you know, former, you know, military members yeah. who are just, you know, out of their mind in the great, in the best way. Yeah, great course, people, yeah. right? Sure. And then everything in between. Yeah. And we have women, and we have, you know what I mean? Like we have all these different things, and this is just in our adult classes. So like. If you come to one of our classes on a Monday or a Wednesday, mm-hmm. and you look at the, you're like, who is this for? It's for everybody. Right. It's for everybody, and everybody gets something different out of it, which is sure. which is which is the really cool thing about it. Mm-hmm. Some people come just to do it as a hobby for fun. They just want to enjoy themselves, learn a new skill, mm-hmm. kind of get in shape. And some people are like, this is going to be the gate. This is going to be the uh, the gateway to a better life. Yeah. It's it's great for discipline to, to teach a child discipline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's needed it's a lot these yeah. days. And it's great for to teach an adult, adult. discipline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a bigger you know that's, I mean? a, that's a big deal too. I've I've seen I've seen so many people who've come into different gyms that I've been training at and they are just I don't want to say they're terrible people. They're live wires, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But but then all of a sudden they're like one eighty. They get it. They respect. get humble. Yeah. You get yeah. humble too. Of course. You know, and we all grow up like you know. I've been in martial arts my whole life, so I've been growing up in this martial. I don't even know what I would my, my life would be without martial. I have no idea. Like, right, it, right. it could be. Yeah. Sorry, it would be totally different. But yeah. you know, everybody gets something different out of it, and that's that's the really cool thing about it. There's no like, you do jiu-jitsu, This is what's going to happen. Right. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, we don't know. Sure. Yeah. So where's it located? It's uh, in Bloomfield Hills, uh, right off of Square Lake and Franklin. It's on a, a street called Enterprise Court. Yeah. So like. Like t- Telegraph and Square Lake area. Telegraph and Square yep. Lake area. If you just go little east on Square Lake, goes down there. yeah, you go east on Square Lake and you make a left onto Franklin. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Then it's 
two blocks down on the so right. So a lot of people know where the ice arena is. Yes, right across the street from the ice arena. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So right now you've started March of 2019. You're mm -hmm. you're there right now with yes. your nice facility. You haven't even completed a year yet. Yeah. It might be premature. I'm asking this, but at the same time, us as entrepreneurs, we know how to answer this. Where's the future of assembly jujitsu? Like, are you planning on to expand? Do you mm -hmm. want more? You know, more areas to go into? Are you strictly going to stay in Michigan? Absolutely. So uh, the the plan from before we opened mm -hmm. was to build a replicatable model mm -hmm. to open up multiple facilities okay. uh, across countries. Okay. So I, I don't want to just stay in Michigan. Um, you. you know, I want to go. I want to go everywhere. So, so you yeah, pull up back doors your travel plan. In in, in a sense, <laughs> yes. You know, like hey, you know, like I don't know. Barcelona looks kind of nice. Yeah. Maybe maybe, maybe assembly Barcelona. It. I don't know. Yeah. You know, like my thing is, I want I want to build I want to build something that will last and that will affect the most amount of people awesome. yep. and also be profitable because at yeah. the same time I want to live yes. a nice yes. I like nice things yes. okay I'm, I'm not I'm not afraid to say right, that right. so you know but you married single what I'm single single yeah. okay yeah how old now I'm uh, I'll be 30 next month there you go Ooh, single 30 year old and built <laughs> he's good to go you protect you yes yeah. he will yes he will so um any anything um you can let the younger viewers either whether to come to your gym or to how to become like you you know, if, if that's their ambition, anything you want to give them some words of wisdom, like what you went through. Yeah, what I would say to, to anybody that's watching, like, just come in, come try a class. You know, it's free to try. Mm -hmm. And don't worry about if you're not in shape. That's, like, the biggest thing. You're not going to be in shape when you before you start. I mean, some people are. But just come in. This is how you get in shape. This is how you get better. It's like, it's like when people tell me, I want to make, mo I want to make money before I make money. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, I need uh, money before I make yeah, money. Yeah, you know, like just come in, give it a shot. But so, how do they do that? So, uh, what, like, what, what's the better day? What's Mondays? So, so they don't Mondays and Wednesdays are a great, are great days to come in. We have a lot of helpful people that are in those classes. So mm -hmm. I, I would, I what would times tell you are what? those? Six thirty p.m. So 6.30 p.m. is mm -hmm. when, on a Monday or a Wednesday, Monday they just Wednesday. walk in? Yes. yes. So if it starts at 6.30, get there at... 15 minutes. Right. Get there at 6.15. Exactly. Walk up to the counter. Yes. Say, hey, I, I saw this on, you know, keeping up the exactly. Chaldeans. I want to give this yeah. a try. Yeah. And you can always go to the website, assembly-detroit.com. Okay. And yep. you can email me. My phone number's on the website. You can call me, uh, you know, any questions. You know, if you know, if you know somebody that's already training, just... Yeah. They'll give you my number. Like okay. I, I field all calls, all the emails, everything. So it, it's really that easy. And if you can't make six thirty because of work or whatever, we also have eleven thirty a.m. classes mm -hmm. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And any of those are great. Do you have a lot of Chaldeans? Uh, we have we have actually a fair amount. I think we have like ten Chaldean guys that, okay. are, that are training right now. Nice. Uh, he's got yeah. he's got one complimentary class. It looks like he's given to be able to do that, which then gives you some of the stuff that you get to see on here too. Yeah. And they can find you at assembly-detroit.com. Yep. Exactly. Beautiful. So, yeah. do they just come in and see you for the complimentary? Yeah, they, they, they don't need they don't need anything. Like, okay. You don't need any. Uh, they don't know if they've been there before. Or not. Yeah, I, yeah, I have everybody. Uh, we have a, we have a system yep. exactly, and I see everybody. Yep. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it's me. Sure. It's me yeah. there all day. So, yep. yeah. Anyone you want to give a shout out to that um, that that has helped you, family, friends? Yeah, I mean. Uh, to Some mama, instructors. Thank, mama. You, thank you for putting me into, uh, you know, into martial arts when I was a kid. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. And then all, all my family and friends, they, you guys all know who you are. Devon, Dina, Dom, you know, everybody else. Yeah. Awesome. Dina, Dom, D-D-D. Yeah. yeah. Triple exactly. D's. Very weird. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right, cool. So Anything as we close out, uh, yeah. 
we usually ask uh, what it means to you to be Chaldean. Uh, for me, the, the, some of the biggest benefit to being Chaldean and what it's meant to me is like this entrepreneurial spirit that we have. You know, uh, a lot of pe- I've been around, surrounded by a lot of people that are not Chaldean and they always, oh, you know, you start a business, you, you do this, you do that. I'm like, I don't know anything else. This is the only yeah. thing that I know. Yes, you know, right. like, it's, 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 it's not impressive to me because it's like, <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is what everybody around me does. Sure. You yeah. know? So uh, I think that's, that's one of the coolest parts of being Chaldean uh, in addition to just being, you know, having a large family that you can lean on when, oh, yeah. when things get tough and, uh, and when things are good. You know? For sure. So, cool. Yeah. cool. Good. Well, it was awesome to have you on. Yeah, great having you. Make Thanks sure you guys, out. yeah, mm-hmm. check them out for just one session. See how uh, David can hook you up and make it happen. So, it was awesome, and uh, we look forward to uh, seeing more growth out of your company, man. Thank you very much. Thanks, travel guys. the world. Yep, travel the world. Seriously, go see some stuff. Yeah. We'll see you all next week. Have a good one, everyone. Thanks.